Welcome in to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock. Today we're going to look at, I guess, maybe a little bit of a shadow. But on October 28th, somebody who many of you watched on television, some of you grew up with, Matthew Perry from the television show Friends, was found in his swimming pool. And many of the suspicions were confirmed it was a drug overdose. Robert has been looking into this, and I know also that when somebody is going to die based on astrology is something that people are interested in. And we have the charts that Robert is going to reference in the show notes. So please go there to download these. They will be critical for you to understand what Robert is pointing out. And with that, Robert, it's all yours. Well, thanks, Thomas. Uh, What's interesting about this situation is that we have a timed birth chart for Matthew Perry, and we also have a timed death chart. His death was October 28th, as you mentioned, 2023, at 4.17 p.m. And one of the uh, starting places, and I always say this in classes, if it's not in the natal chart, it's not going to happen. So when we look at Matthew Perry's natal chart, which if you go to the notes, you can get a, a copy of his natal chart. He has 10 degrees Leo rising. Well, this place is the sign of Pisces on Matthew Perry's eighth house of death. We also consider the fourth house of the end of the matter in death. Pisces on Matthew Perry's eighth house, as you probably already know, astrology students, Pisces rules drugs, including alcohol, cocaine, ketamine, kratom, all of the drugs. It also rules death by drowning. So you have, just from the 8th house cusp in Matthew Perry's chart, the notion that his death will be ruled by Pisces, and therefore there will be some confusion or mystery about it. There may be a connection with drugs or with drowning. And you have two rulers for Pisces, the contemporary ruler, which is Neptune, and the old Chaldean ruler, which is Jupiter. Well, the contemporary ruler, Neptune, was transiting Matthew Perry's eighth house in Pisces when he drowned accidentally at 25 Pisces. It's almost exactly on top of his north node in his eighth house. The north node, of course, is in an axis with the south node in his second house. It also, transiting Neptune, in conjuncts his sun in Leo, which is rising in Matthew Perry's first house, and he has Leo on the ascendant, and Leo is, of course, the heart which is what he died of, basically, congestive heart failure. So just in the transits alone, we begin to see this evidence of death and how he drowned, or how he died. At the same time, transiting Saturn had just ingressed into the sign of Pisces, And Saturn in Matthew Perry's chart rules his sixth house of health. 
And in astrology, both the sixth house and the eighth house are in conjunct the ascendant. So both of those houses play a role in a person's health in terms of dis-ease, stress, in other words. You don't have illness, you don't have dis-ease when you have harmonious aspects. You do have dis-ease when you have stress aspects or hard aspects, such as the inconjunct. So transiting Saturn, as we've talked about in these podcasts, simply when a, a major planet like that, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Jupiter, frankly, when they enter a sign, whether it aspects something in the natal chart or not, simply the ingress of a major planet into a sign will very often correlate to an identifiable event in people's lives that relates to the house or houses ruled by that planet. In this case, transiting Saturn had just gone into Pisces, his eighth house sign, and Saturn rules Capricorn on his sixth house. And Neptune, which rules his eighth house of death, was in his fourth house of the end of the matter, or the end of life, at birth. At birth, Matthew Perry has Neptune, natal Neptune, at 25 Scorpio, the sign of death and rebirth, in his fourth house of the home. So from a simple fortune-telling approach to astrology, which many astrologers use, and there is a great deal of validity in it. The ruler of his death house is eight house, Neptune. In his fourth house of the home, Neptune again, a water sign, sign related to drugs. In Scorpio of death, predisposes in his natal chart to a death at home through possibly drowning, possibly drugs or medications, then we can look further at these transits, transiting Mars on the day he was found dead, was in Scorpio, applying to a conjunction with that Neptune. And Mars on that day of death was almost exactly opposite Matthew Perry's Saturn, natal Saturn, in Taurus, in his ninth house, but on his tenth cusp in equal houses. And again, Saturn is the ruler of his sixth house of health. Not only was Mars transiting Scorpio opposite that Saturn, so was transiting Mercury at 1054 Scorpio, so was transiting Sun at 5 Scorpio. And the transiting Sun was not only opposite his natal Saturn, transiting Sun was also conjoined his natal Moon in Scorpio on his fourth cusp from the third house side. His natal moon is at 740 Scorpio. His fourth house cusp is at 10 Scorpio. And we have a planet within 
five degrees of a house cusp, it can be read in both houses, the house that it's in and the house that it's within five degrees of the cusp of. So you can see the predisposition. This is not to predict death. It would be viable and appropriate to warn somebody of these days around this date can be dangerous for you. And you might inquire if you're on any medications or recreational drugs, be very careful. If you're, and this includes alcohol or marijuana, any of them. If you're in water, be even more careful. And people's natal charts will show these predispositions at birth. There are people who have charts that are predisposed to death by drowning. Now, death by drowning can not only mean drowning in the ocean. Death by drowning can be from pneumonia. It's the same thing. The lungs fill up with liquid. Then if we look at his solar arcs for his date of death, for October 28th of 2023, there are two that are outstanding. One of them is solar arc Saturn squaring Matthew Perry's natal Uranus in Libra. Saturn, solar arc Saturn's in Cancer squaring natal Uranus in Libra, which is one of the classic indications of an accident, a serious accident, which this was. The other solar arc is solar arc Neptune in his sixth, opposite exactly, his Venus in Cancer in his twelfth which, as you know, the 12th house on the negative side is classically the house of self-undoing, secret sorrow, loss, tragedy. So he has fought his addictive personality, and he did a lot of good in the last years of his life publishing a book about his struggles with his addictions that he hoped would help other people. But these are the aspects in this particular case for those astrologers who are looking at death in a horoscope to consider. And it's always instructive if these are areas that you want to go into as an astrologer. When you have the death of a public figure like this, and we know their time of birth, their date of birth, and we know their time of death, as we often do with public figures, Study the charts, especially for transits and solar arcs, and you'll begin to accrue more and more instances and characteristics surrounding various types of deaths and their timing. And you even notice something else in his natal chart. I've often said, in fact, I wrote a little book about this using planetary degrees. And you can use them here. We mentioned that Matthew Perry has Pisces on his eighth cusp of death. Neptune, which rules that, 
is natal Neptune is at 2559 Scorpio. So let's just call it 26 Scorpio. So you know that at age 26, Matthew Perry would have had a crisis involving alcohol and drugs. And you can multiply that by two, the second harmonic. 26 times two is 52. Well, he actually died at age 54. But you could predict simply using the degrees of the planets and the harmonic. Natal Neptune, the ruler of his death, is at 26 Scorpio. Multiply by two and you get age 52. So that around that age, he would be predisposed to have some sort of crisis involving these very Neptunian factors. Doesn't mean he has to die from it, especially if you are informed with astrology that, gee, you may have this predisposition. Here's an age where it's likely to eventuate. Be careful. If you did have a crisis with drugs and alcohol when you were 26, get a grip on it. Deal with it so that you can avoid the negative ramifications of that when you are around age 52. So just because something shows in a birth chart does not mean it is fated to happen. What you are meant to do is to pay attention to it. And if it applies to you, solve it. And that's what astrology is really about. So this has been fascinating to me to look at with Michael, with Matthew Perry's chart. You can do this with any public figure. It's a great way to study it different, not just death, but other types of events with public figures, because we have documented, printed times for significant events. Robert, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. That was quite a study. And I'm going to bring a little bit of levity to the scene here for a second. <laughs> because, <Good>. Yeah, <laughs> I know that was a lot. And here's the thing. Robert and I connected over his practicum classes, basically, that he was doing in solar arcs and then also in horary. And that was just exactly like this. It was drinking out of a fire hose. And I was still, I was still really like a lot of you are trying to even get the structure and the framework of what was being discussed on the live broadcasts. So look, here's the deal. Here's what I did. I went back and I watched the recordings where I could pause and I would write down in my notes everything that he said. And then I would call the chart up and I would look and I would absorb what he was discussing and what he was talking about. And doing that time after time over time over years is how his work began to synthesize into my own consciousness so that I can use it today. But I know what you probably just heard was a fire hose. So just go back. You have the luxury of being able to replay this over and over and over. Take notes look at the charts, be sure to download those from the notes, and that's how you'll synthesize what he was talking about. May I add, this is not levity, but may I add one thing further? Yes, this sir. This is a transit in Matthew Perry's chart to consider. Transiting Pluto, which rules Scorpio, and therefore his fourth house of the end of the matter, transiting Pluto 
was at 28 Capricorn in his sixth house of health exactly square his timed natal midheaven at 28 Aries. Exactly. So again, the more ways that you see something in astrology, the more certain you can be of making an accurate projection. I like to see things at least two ways, but preferably three or more. So I just wanted to throw that in. Yeah, thank you for that. And that, of course, came from the chart that's uh, that has his birth and his death on the same chart. That was the chart he was looking at there. That Pluto is at 2758, but just roll that right up two minutes and you've got 28 degrees. And the interesting thing about that, Thomas, is Pluto has been in Capricorn for, what, about 14 years or something. Yeah. So for at least that long, he has been struggling with these addictive issues in his life. And we certainly know that's true because he was having issues back when he was doing friends. Right. Yes. Which is, he's had it for a long time. Yeah. It's been a theme. One of my heartbeats is for parents, you know, to teach this to parents and for wise parents to understand the charts of their children, because as you mentioned, and I want to talk about fate and free will in a minute, but this was not fated that he die at this particular time. It was possible. And a wise parent, whether Matthew Perry himself in his own skin received this counsel or not, would have received it. That's aside, but a wise parent could have guided him into a discussion around this. And this is one of the reasons that I would advocate you getting readings not for yourself, but for your kids, especially if you are parents of kids that are formidable still. In other words, they're not in their upper teens because by then they're pretty much beating to their own drumbeat. But if you have the ability to work with Robert, I'm doing readings, either of us, we can talk about this with you where we can look into the chart and help you understand how that child is wired. Because if you could have pulled out this propensity to the addictions, then a wise parent could have given some advice. Do you agree with that? Yes, I agree with it. But I have to state, astrology is no substitute for therapy or medical attention. Just because you can see something in a horoscope and say, gee, you have a propensity to have an addictive personality. That ain't enough. You cannot deal with that alone. People think that if they go to an astrologer and they hear these things, they can, and I've had clients who kind of flit around from visiting this astrologer and that shaman and so on. None of that is therapy. It's not medical. It's not psychological. If you're going to get real about these problems, you have to get real about them. And Saturn is the planet of reality. Get the get real planet. It takes work. It takes effort and it takes understanding. And I don't know. Matthew had a lot of therapy, especially once friends was over but apparently it wasn't enough because as his ex-girlfriend said he was still on ketamine at the time of his death and therapy in many many cases has to be ongoing for problems like addiction at least a year at least so it's unrealistic to think that just listening to an astrologer, having something pointed out from a horoscope, that's going to solve anything. There are no quick fixes to these kinds of issues. They usually are very deep, 
and they certainly were in his case. And it's fascinating if you want to psychoanalyze him. Or, and this is a great method of, of psychoanalysis. And I've worked with a lot of psychiatrists and psychologists over the years. Astrology doesn't heal anything, but it gives those professionals a gateway into what they need to talk about. So just to add that. Yeah, that, that's a great point. And then that flips back over to what I just wanted to re-elaborate as well, fate versus free will. You know, you created such a compelling case that it was almost like, how could he have avoided this? But he could have. Absolutely, he could have. I've done it. You've done it. All of us have gotten therapy for problems. If you have a predisposition to diabetes, for example, which I knew I did, and I very consciously have avoided anything I can to trigger it. So I'm not diabetic. This is something that Dr. William Davidson in his lectures on medical astrology stresses. You know, you can have the worst looking horoscope. And I've mentioned this probably in these podcasts, but it's like having a keg of dynamite in the basement of your house. It's perfectly safe if you don't go down there and light a match and strike the fuse. <laughs> so if you have a propensity to things like diabetes or schizophrenia or bipolarity or alcoholism or addictions, uh, recognize that they're there. And they're probably in your family background as well. And begin to get treatment for them so that they don't become life-threatening or fatal issues. Yeah, clean so out your basement. free will right yeah. there. Yes, exactly. One other little technical ticky-tack that I'd like you to just comment on quickly, and then we need to slide out the back door here, is when you talk about the eighth and then the fourth house axis, just a note, observation, that's always going to be in an element-based trying relationship, those two cusps, aren't they? Yes, they're in what we call the nadir triad, the nadir being the fourth house. The fourth, the eighth, and the twelfth form a triad. There are all sorts of triads in astrology. There's the ascendant triad, which is the first, fifth, and the ninth. So the nadir triad, the fourth, the eighth, and the twelfth, all relate to death and rebirth and transformation and spirituality. All three of them do. And further, you can go with this. Each triad is comprised of the same element, in this case, water. And it's also, each triad is composed of an angular, a succeedant, and a cadent house. So in terms of, and it depends on the house, here we're looking at death in Matthew Perry's chart. So we're going to call, let's say, the eighth house is his death. That then becomes the focus of a new triad, an eighth house triad. And the eighth house in this triad then becomes the angular house in relation to death. The succeeding house in this triad would be his, the original twelfth house, which is the future of his death. And in relation to the eighth house now being thought of as the first house of his death, his natal fourth house becomes the past, the cadent house leading up to his death. This, this is maybe a little esoteric. Angular houses are always the present. Succeeding houses are always the future arising out of this present. And the cadent houses are always the past leading up to this present. So if we're looking at death, in Matthew Perry's chart, his natal fourth house is the past leading up to his death. And the past, in this case, is the nadir, the fourth house, the family, the home, and the family, where he has Neptune at birth. 
in a fixed sign, Scorpio, very addictive and very, if it's afflicted, and very hard to break because it's fixed. Do you see what I mean? So it's another perspective on reading these houses. And I like what you just brought up because they are trying each other. You do have these triads. In the first house triad, the ascendant triad, for example, your first house is the present life. The past life leading up to it is the cadent house in the ascendant triad, which is the ninth house. The future life arising out of this life is the natal fifth house because it's the succeeding house in relationship to the ascendant or first house. You see what I mean? This is a little maybe too in-depth for this, but that's nonetheless a different perspective on how to read these horoscopes. Well, what I love what's going on here, guys, is what Robert is giving you is so much in these 25 minutes so far of how he synthesizes and how he looks at a chart and a lot of how he works his magic. And what I said before, I would encourage and reiterate, if you can reconstruct what he did here, and even look at other people's charts, like I have a friend who just passed. I could do this with her chart and look at what that shows. But when you can take somebody else's chart, maybe you have a friend or a relative who you have their birth information and you know that they have recently passed on, then you could reconstruct some of this with exactly the same techniques. Work that into your repertoire of how you uh, approach astrology and you'll begin to start thinking like Robert Glasscock. Thank you so much, Robert, for this. This was just excellent, and what a great teaching lesson this was. If you'd like to talk to Robert about your own chart or your kids or your family, that information to contact him is in the show notes. Our Discord channel is kind of on fire right now. Kristen is doing a great job with that, and then everything else that we have going on, links to everything, are in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock. Mm-hmm.